Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from the book of Esther how pride ruined King Ahasuerus' relationship with his wife, his people, and most of all with God. This message is available for free download at friendshipwithgod.org and iTunes. We want to thank you so much for your listenership and your support of the Friendship with God radio program. And now as Christmas is approaching and Hanukkah, just a few weeks away, Tom Cantor has written a 17-page gospel track called How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas. Now, this track will help you to reach lost Jewish people at Christmas time, whether they're at your work or maybe they're just friends or neighbors or someone you know. This track has a wonderful illustration that is even good for Gentiles or Jewish people. It's a wonderful track. Now, this booklet is not available on our website, and we truly do have a limited supply of them. But it is available for a donation amount, any amount, today, if you call us at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. You can get Tom Cantor's gospel tract, 17-page gospel tract on how a Jew learned the true meaning of Christmas. Call us today for a donation of any amount, 1-800-247-3051. Now, your donation support of the Friendship with God radio program not only keeps us with this teaching program on the radio, but it will also help Jewish and Gentile people to be reached with the gospel, not just over the airwaves, but at Israel Restoration Ministries and the Friendship with God radio program, we have massive door-to-door evangelization campaigns, and during our outreach campaigns, we reach 1.2 million Jewish doors per year. Now, we promote the program by giving out gospel invitations to listen with door hangers and impact cards. And these gospel invitations go to Jewish people and Gentiles. So without your support of this program and this station, we could not reach the Jew first with the gospel, as well as the Gentiles with the gospel. So today, we're offering you a 17-page gospel track booklet from Tom Cantor called How a Jew Learned the True Meaning of Christmas. You're going to need this at Christmas time, Hanukkah time. It's going to be a great track to help you reach lost Jewish people, especially at Christmas, especially at Hanukkah, those that are around you at work those that are Jewish, and even good for those that aren't Jewish. It's got a wonderful illustration in there that's great for anyone to understand the true meaning of Christmas. Now, this track booklet's not available on our website. Again, we truly have a limited supply of them, but it's available for a donation of any amount today if you call us right now at 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. Thanks for your support. We've received so many emails and phone calls and letters and support how this program has impacted your life, but we still need you to support the program and make a difference by getting the gospel out there to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And we want you today to get this track booklet as a way to say thank you for your support. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our study from the Book of Esther on the Friendship with God radio program. So if you turn, please, in your Bibles to... Esther, as we continue this morning in uh, studying this great, great book that God has given to us to teach us and to help us along our pilgrim pathway to encourage us as he so wonderfully does, let's first of all start prayer. Father, we each come to you very needy this morning. You know the needs of our hearts, and you've already met our greatest need, Lord, when you sent your only Son and gave him to die on a cross for our sins. And now, Lord, you see that as we're on our pathway to heaven, we have needs. And we pray, Lord, that through the breaking of your word this morning, you would meet our needs because you are our Father. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Now, if you look uh, now in uh, Esther chapter 2, and follow along here as I read the first 11 verses of chapter 2. After these things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus was appeased, he remembered Vashti and what she had done and what was decreed against her. Then said the king's servants that ministered unto him, Let there be fair young virgins sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather together all the fair young virgins under Shushan the palace, to the house of the women, under the custody of Hegi, the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things for purification be given them. And let the maiden which pleaseth the king be queen instead of Vashti. And the thing pleased the king, and he did so. Now in Shushan the palace there was a certain Jew, whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shimei, the son of Kish, a Benjamite, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity which had been carried away with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And he brought up Hadassah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother, and the maid was fair and beautiful, whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took for his own daughter. So it came to pass, when the king's commandment and his decree was heard, and when many maidens were gathered together unto Shushan the palace, to the custody of Haggai, that Esther was brought also unto the king's house to the custody of Haggai, keeper of the women. And the maiden pleased him, and she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her her things for purification with such things as belonged to her, and seven maidens which were meet to be given her out of the king's house. And he preferred her and her maids unto the best of the house of the women. Esther had not shown her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. And Mordecai walked every day before the court of the king's house to know how Esther did and what should become of her. I was just thinking when I, as I was reading this, how it says in verse 10, And Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. And I remembered that uh, in the year 2000, and I, had, uh, I was in Grossmont Hospital, and I was going to get a stent in my heart. And I was so excited because my doctor, I found out, was Dr. Ronald Goldberg. And I was so excited. And Pastor Jim came in before the surgery, and I said, oh, Jim, I said, my doctor is Dr. Ronald Goldberg. He said, I want to talk to him about the Lord. And Pastor Jim said to me, do me a favor. He said, talk to him after the surgery. <laughs> so, verse 10, Esther had not showed her people nor her kindred. <laughs> All right. Now, in our review of, uh, in our study, as we look back on Esther, God has drawn back curtains. You can think of this book of Esther as a book about certain relationships. And we get, and we're honored, and God has privileged us to see these uh, relationships as he draws back the curtains. We saw the relationship already last week between Ahasuerus and his kingdom. Here was the relationship between a king and his subjects. That was an offensive relationship because it all centered on Ahasuerus wanting to impress his subjects for how great he was. And you remember as we looked last week, that the key verse for that was in chapter 1, verse 4, when it says, when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty many days. Now, this is what Ahasuerus was given to do. He did not view his people as the people who he had the responsibility to serve. He viewed his people as the ones who he would impress with his greatness and would praise him. 
And Ahasuerus for us is a perfect picture of an illustration or an illustration that Solomon, king of Israel, gave to us. And please turn to that. You're familiar with this. Keep your place in Esther as you turn to Proverbs 16.18. Proverbs 16.18. As you turn there, here we have this passage, Proverbs 16.18, which speaks about two things. And it says here, pride, gaon, pride. Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit, gova ruach, spirit, you recognize the word spirit, the spirit of God, ruach, a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, those two words, proud and haughty, and from the description that we saw last week of the great measures that Ahasuerus took to show the riches of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty, we saw an illustration of this, these actions of pride. Here's a actions of pride. This word means a swelling, an overinflation with self-importance, a projected like a casting a shadow of a projected majesty over, that's a key word, over others, an imposed excellency, again, over others. That's what Ahasuerus did. And he saw himself just flat outright superior to the people in his kingdom, to his subjects. He was just intent on making that known. You know, he's the exact opposite. King Ahasuerus is the exact opposite of another king, King David, as we saw another time with that great overview, the great statement about King David's life was made in Acts 13.36, where it said, remember we said this would be great if it could be written on our tombstone, David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God. David served his people. David saw himself and his position as there to serve his people. He brought his people the knowledge of God. He gave them the Psalms. He taught them how to thank God. By that was David. Then it says he fell on asleep and was laid unto his fathers and so forth. Now the contrast, on the other hand, King Ahasuerus, he didn't teach his people how to thank God. He taught his people how to praise Ahasuerus. See the difference there. And so this is a great conflict. Now we're going, we have to come to a decision in our lives. Are we going to be like King Ahasuerus, this great contrast, who saw himself as superior, who impressed himself on other people? Or are we going to be like David, who pointed his people Godward? Took this hand, so to speak, and put it under their chin and made them to look up to God. See, that was King David. Whereas King Ahasuerus, he put his hand on the back of the people who may have been looking to God and caused them to look down to Ahasuerus to see him. See, that's the difference. And so we have this great uh, phrase here in Proverbs 16, 18, pride, it goes before destruction, haughty spirit before a fall. And from the description of all of this that we saw, we saw that this was the offensive spirit that Ahasuerus had. Not just offense by his actions, but offense by his spirit. We will continue finishing with Tom Cantor's message from the life of Abraham. And it's been exciting studying the life of Abraham, who is the father of the Jewish people and nation. Now, Tom Cantor wants to help you to better understand the Jewish people. So today we're offering a two-disc DVD teaching set about the Jewish people. It's called The Jewish People, Past, Present, and Future, as seen in the life of Joseph. It's a wonderful two-disc DVD set that we'd like to offer you today for a donation amount of $50 or more. So please call us today at 1-800-247-3051. That's 
1-800-247-3051 to get a copy of this two-disc DVD teaching set from Tom Cantor on the Jewish people. 1-800-247-3051. And that's for a donation amount of $50 or more, and we'll be able to send you that two hours of teaching from Tom Cantor. This great two-disc set will help you to better understand the Jewish people, their past, their present, their future, as seen in the life of Joseph in scriptures. Now, we're offering this, again, for a donation amount of $50 or more. You can get this two-disc DVD set so you can learn more about the Jewish people, their past, their present, their future, and great Tom Cantor teaching. So call us today for your donation amount of $50 or more. We'll send that to you, 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Now, we also have a book written by Tom Cantor called Understanding the Jewish Messiah, and the history and future of the Jewish people through the life of Joseph. This book shows you the biblical past, present, and future of the Jewish people. Now call us today so you can learn more about God's lost, chosen nation of people. Now we're offering this to you today for a donation amount of $50 or more. Again, call us 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. For a donation of $50 or more, we've got the two-disc DVD set or the book from Tom Cantor on understanding the past, present, and future of the Jewish people. Now, remember, your donation doesn't just help keep this radio program going on your station in your city, but it also supports Israel Restoration Ministries and the gospel going out to millions and millions of lost people, especially lost Jewish people. And we have door-to-door evangelism that takes place with IRM missionaries that not only put out gospel tracts about the Friendship with God radio program, millions of them, but they also put out millions and millions of gospel gifts to lost Jewish people every year. We've reached millions with the gospel the past three years. So please call us, support this program. You can also donate online at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. But call us for that offer today of $50 or more. We'll send you the DVD or the book of Understanding the Jewish People, 1-800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051. Now here's Tom Cantor as we continue our study from the Book of Esther on the Friendship with God radio program. Do you remember I told the story about when Pastor Jim and I were out visiting in Desert Hot Springs and we came to that group of Orthodox rabbis that were all walking together and I told Pastor Jim I'm going to go there and he said I don't think it's a good idea. Well anyway, I did. And you remember how I went running up there so excited, you know, to tell them about, I found the Messiah, I found God, I found the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and so forth. And it wasn't what they said, it wasn't what they did, it wasn't their actions. It was as they, they took their long white beards and they stroked it as I was there, and they said, and, and which yeshiva did you say you studied at? We didn't get that from you. And it wasn't the rubbing of their beards. It was just the spirit of it all, the spirit of pride of looking down like, you know, you, who are you, some ant? I felt so low I could sit on a dime and swing my legs. And, <laughs> and you see, Ahasuerus is like this, and he makes his relationship to be one of over them. And he had that spirit. And, you know, whenever you see that, what this verse is telling us in Proverbs, whenever you see that pride and that haughty over them spirit, it's just like there's an announcer that comes onto the stage of life, in this case, the stage of the life there in Persia, and the announcer steps out there and he says, and now, ladies and gentlemen, next you will see the fall. That's what the pride in the haughty spirit does. It's the announcer that tells us that. So last Sunday, we saw the beginning of the fall. It's interesting that Ahasuerus, from the time that this happened, 
did not go more than 10 years before he was killed. But one of the things that was killed in Ahasuerus and that he lost was his relationship with Vashti. The tragic, unnecessary divorce that happened because of his pride. Remember last week, we saw how the colon in verse 12 of chapter 1 was God's stop sign, Ahasuerus, stop sign. It's okay to make a U-turn. You need to make a U-turn here. But he didn't. He went through. And so now as we come in chapter 2, verse 1, where it reads, after these things, actually, that word things is the word words. So really, it should read, after these words, it says there, when the wrath of King Hashuas was appeased and so forth. So really, it was the words that he was thinking about and after they were all over and he remembered Vashti and he remembered all that he lost in his marriage and his wife and he was thinking about that and it was after the words. Have you ever said words like me that you said after they got out? Oh, why did I say that? Oh, I wish I hadn't said that. I wish I could just take them back. Wish I could turn the clock back. I wish I could go back to a colon of verse 12 in that instance. Have you ever done that? How do you keep? How do I keep? How do we keep from letting out these lioness words? These words that go out and devour like a lion. And we say, oh, you know, and somehow the I'm sorry and I apologize and I didn't mean it. It doesn't make it all like it didn't happen. I mean, that's good. So the question really is not getting expert in saying I'm sorry and apologizing, but keep it from happening. Keep those words from coming out. All right, how do we do it? Well, David, king of Israel, teaches us. Thank God. Turn, if you would, to Psalm 141.3. Psalm 141.3. Okay. Here, in this psalm, David, king of Israel, teaches us how to keep that from happening. How to not be like Ahasuerus. And he says here in Psalm 141, verse 3, set, that's the word, a point. Set, a watch, uh, or a watchman, or a guard, shamar. Set, a guard, O Lord, before my mouth. Keep or guard the door of my lips. See what he's saying here? He's saying, look, we've seen that because of pride, Ahasuerus lost so much. He ruined his relationship with his people. He ruined his relationship with his wife. All unnecessary ruin. And it happened. And really, what's not written, but it's true. He ruined his relationship with God. And so all this happened. That was the worst part of his loss. All this happened because of words that came out. And that's what can happen to us. That's what does happen to us. These words. And so we realize. So what David says is, first of all, realize you need help. That's what David says. Realize you need the help of God. You can't do this alone. You need God's help. As a matter of fact, just like that centurion said, look, Lord, please just speak the word. And he said, I'm a man also under authority and I have people under me as well. And I say the word in this one and he goes and that one and he comes. Really, David is saying, Lord, set an angel, whatever it takes, set a guard over before my mouth. Put him right there before my mouth and let him keep the door of my lips so that I don't say these things. That's what David's saying. Says we need the help of God. Why? Because if we let out words like Ahasuerus did and actions and so forth like that, we ruin relationships. And like I said, the worst relationship we ruin is the relationship between us and God, as Ahasuerus ruined his relationship between himself and God. 1 Peter 5, 5, very familiar verse, you know it. God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. He resisteth the proud. 
God resisteth the proud. Ed, help me. Ed, stand here, please. Now, here's Ed. This is Ed. Everybody knows Ed. All right, so now I'm God. You should be God. But anyway, I'll just pretend I'm God, okay? And pretend that Ed is trying to come to me. Pretend I'm God. Pretend Ed. And I'm God, and I see that Ed is proud. So you know what I do? I do this. Put your hands out like that, Ed. So you're trying to come. Ed's trying to. Don't push too hard. You're going to knock me over. <laughs> see? This, see the hand? See, what is God? Okay, now just stand there for a second. So God's like this. He looks. When he sees proud, he goes like that. And even though the person may want to come to God, he can't. Because pride has put God's hand in his chest. Thanks, Ed. Pride puts God's hands in a person's chest so he can't come to God. That's what's meant by God resisteth the proud. It means he puts his hand there. Because God says, not with pride you're not coming. You're not coming to me with pride. And this was the horribleness of what Ahasuerus did. So when we come to to verse 5 now, by contrast, we have God's man who steps onto the stage near. Here's God's man. It's Mordecai. And so, it's interesting. How is he introduced? In verse 5, he says, There was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai. Shushan the palace. Certain Jew. Well, we see him described as a Jew. He's described as a Jew. A certain Jew. You know, usually we don't say that word, a Jew, because it's so easy to put an adjective in front of it. So we say a Jewish person. This is more difficult to put an adjective. Anyway, but he's a Jew, and he's one of those despised Jews in Persia. You know, think of how he's one of those conquered people. He's one of those people that that when our armies in Persia, they went off to go and conquer the land down there of Palestine, that they brought back the spoils of war. They brought back people in chains. And they paraded them and they said, look, we conquered them. Here they are. And that was Mordecai. He was one of those people that they brought back. One of those Jews, those despised, conquered people. But he was a certain Jew. And so think of Mordecai now in comparison with Ahasuerus. On the one hand, we have Ahasuerus. He's the king. He's the king of Persia. And Mordecai, he is a certain Jew. He's actually a foreigner in Persia. He's actually Ahasuerus. He's not enslaved. He's the enslaver. Mordecai, he's the slave. He's the captive. Look at the further description of Mordecai in verse 6. It says, Who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity, which had been carried away with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. Do you get a little emphasis there? It seems like God's getting a little carried away with saying carried away. That's funny, by the way. He was carried away with saying carried away. All right. All right, we'll try to improve the jokes. All right, so he was carried away. Three times it was emphasized that he was carried away. These were people who were, they didn't really belong there. They were like the spoils of war. They were against their will. Taken from their capital city, as it says in verse 6, of Jerusalem. Now, you know, today we have the state of Israel. Today we have, you know, the the army of Israel and all that. And, And Jerusalem is mostly in the hands of the Israelis, but not at this time. And this was a different time in history. And Jerusalem for the Jewish people was just a memory, a painful memory. Just a hope that was vanishing away. That was Jerusalem at that time. And so it was carried away with his king, Jeconiah. Now, it's interesting when you think about that phrase, carried away, three times emphasized in this verse. 
Because there's another place in the Bible where that phrase is used. And it gives us an insight more. And turn, if you would, to Psalm 137. Psalm 137, verses 1 through 4. Psalm 137, where we have this phrase once again used here. And this is the great, great psalm that brings us into the feeling of it all. The feeling of the Jewish people during their captivity. Thank you for listening to the Friendship with God radio program with Tom Cantor. We appreciate your listenership and support of this program. Today we have another great offer for you. Many of you know that Tom Cantor is a great Bible teacher, a pastor, an evangelist, and a CEO. But maybe you didn't know that he's also a successful scientist. That's right. In fact, Tom Cantor has written a short booklet of his life story and his study of science and creationism. It's a 48-page power-packed testimony of his life and how science supports biblical truths of creationism. Now you can get this book, How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist, free today by calling us at 1-800-247-3051. And for any donation of any amount today, we'll give you that book for free. How a Jew Became a Scientific Creationist, call us today, one 800 247 3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Now, your donation helps to keep the Friendship with God radio program going across the airwaves, but it also helps the gospel to go out to millions and millions of people, especially lost Jewish people throughout the U.S., Israel, South America, Canada, America. It's going out door-to-door through our IRM missionaries and this radio program, Friendship with God. So go to friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org to be able to donate online or call us today at 1-800-247-3051. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow.